Welcome to Lost in Revision. All of our content is public domain, literature, fairy tales, and folklore. Our goal is to at least break even to cover our expenses. So any support that you can offer to help us reach that goal helps keep this podcast going and you entertained. All of our music is by Nathan Hubble and is used with his permission. Thanks and enjoy the show. Chapter 10 The Terrible Secret Part 2 When Bobby came to think it all over, she tried not to wonder what the great trouble was. But she could not always help it. Father was not dead like poor Uncle Edward. Mother had said so, and he was not ill or Mother would have been with him. Being poor wasn't the trouble. Bobby knew it was something nearer the heart than money could be. I mustn't try to think what it is, she told herself. No, I mustn't. I am glad Mother noticed about us not quarreling so much. We'll keep that up. And alas, that very afternoon she and Peter had what Peter called a first-class shindy. They had not been a week at Three Chimneys before they had asked Mother to let them have a piece of garden each for their very own, and she had agreed, and the south border under the peach trees had been divided into three pieces, and they were allowed to plant whatever they liked there. Phyllis had planted mignonette and nasturtium, and Virginia stock in hers. The seeds came up, and though they looked just like weeds, Phyllis believed that they would bear flowers some day. The Virginia stock justified her faith quite soon, and her garden was gay with a band of bright little flowers, pink and white and red and mauve. I can't weed for fear I pull up the wrong things, she used to say comfortably. It saves such a lot of work. Peter sowed vegetable seeds in his, carrots and onions and turnips. The seed was given to him by the farmer who lived in the nice black and white wooden plaster house just beyond the bridge. He kept turkeys and guinea fowl and was a most amiable man. But Peter's vegetables never had much of a chance because he liked to use the earth of his garden for digging canals and making forts and earthworks for his toy soldiers. And the seeds of vegetables rarely come to much in a soil that is constantly disturbed for the purposes of war and irrigation. Bobby planted rosebushes in her garden, but all the little new leaves of the rosebushes shriveled and withered, perhaps because she moved them from the other part of the garden in May, which is not at all the right time of year for moving roses. But she would not own that they were dead and hoped on against hope until the day when Perks came up to see the garden and told her quite plainly that all her roses were as dead as doornails. Only good for bonfires, miss, he said. You just dig em up and burn em and I'll give you some nice fresh roots out of my garden, pansies and stocks and sweet willies, and forget-me-nots. I'll bring them along tomorrow if you get the ground ready. So next day she set to work, and that happened to be the day when Mother had praised her and the others about not quarreling. She moved the rose bushes and carried them to the other end of the garden, where the rubbish heap was that they meant to make a bonfire of when Guy Fawkes Day came. Meanwhile, Peter had decided to flatten out all his forts and earthworks with a view to making a model of the railway tunnel, cutting, embankment, canal, aqueduct, bridges, and all. So when Bobby came back from her last thorny journey with the dead rose bushes, he had got the rake and was using it busily. I was using the rake, said Bobby. Well, I'm using it now, said Peter. But I had it first, said Bobby. Then it's my turn now, said Peter. And that was how the quarrel began. You're always being disagreeable about nothing, said Peter, after some heated argument. I had the rake first said Bobby, flushed and defiant, holding on to its handle. Don't I tell you I said this morning I meant to have it, didn't I, Phil? Phyllis said she didn't want to be mixed up in their rows, and instantly, of course, she was. If you remember, you ought to say. Of course she doesn't remember, but she might say so. I wish I'd had a brother instead of two whiny little kitty sisters, said Peter. This was always recognized as indicating the high-water mark of Peter's rage. Bobby made the reply she always made to it. 
I can't think why little boys were ever invented. And just as she said it, she looked up and saw the three long windows of Mother's workshop flashing in the red rays of the sun. The sight brought back those words of praise. You don't quarrel like you used to do. Oh, cried Bobby, just as if she had been hit or had caught her finger in a door or had felt the hideous sharp beginnings of toothache. What's the matter? said Phyllis. Bobby wanted to say, don't let's quarrel, Mother hates us so. But though she tried hard, she couldn't. Peter was looking too disagreeable and insulting. Take the hard rake, then, was the best she could manage, and she suddenly let go her hold on the handle. Peter had been holding on to it too firmly and pulling, and now that the pull the other way was suddenly stopped, he staggered and fell over backward, the teeth of the rake between his feet. Serve you right, said Bobby, before she could stop herself. Peter lay still for half a moment, long enough to frighten Bobby a little. Then he frightened her a little more, for he sat up, screamed once, turned rather pale, and then lay back and began to shriek, faintly but steadily. It sounded exactly like a pig being killed a quarter of a mile off. Mother put her head out of the window, and it wasn't half a minute after that she was in the garden, kneeling by the side of Peter, who never for an instant ceased to squeal. Thanks for joining us today. Check us out on Patreon. You can help us meet our small goal of breaking even and covering our expenses. Your support helps pay for all of the things that podcasting requires and helps keep this show alive and growing. If you can't afford to support us financially, go give us a good review, subscribe or follow, and share with your friends and family. Feel free to fact check us and offer suggestions to make our show better for you. You can also send us an email at lostinrevisionpodcast at gmail.com. There's a lot more waiting for us all at the end of the road.